Hi, and welcome to the Speech Uncensored podcast. I am Leanne, your host. This podcast was created to foster interest and engagement in the deep, dark recesses of the speech and language pathology field that often gets overlooked, as well as topics that we beat to death ad nauseum. So the Speech Uncensored podcast is nothing if not a wild ride of enthusiastic learning. Speech Uncensored is now available for CEU credit through speechtherapypd.com. In fact, this episode right here is available for one free ASHA CEU credit, but you needed to have signed up to listen to the live episode. But there is still time to register for next week's episode featuring Dr. Susan Fager from the Institute for Rehabilitation Science and Engineering at Madonna Rehabilitation Hospital. Ooh, that's a mouthful. All right, Dr. Faker will be sharing droplets of wisdom on the topic of access technology for AAC and adults. That will be the last free CEU offering, and then you just got to shell out if you want that CEU credit. So go ahead and check out speechtherapypd.com or speechuncensored.com for more information. I am delighted to bring Michelle Wheeler from the University of Missouri Healthcare System to you today to talk about the wonderful world of adults in AAC. AAC just ain't for kids, y'all. Michelle is here to guide us through options for providing quality AAC for our adult patients and resources for us clinicians to get more comfortable with this thing that we all kind of know about, but maybe avoid just a little bit and hope that we can just refer to an SLP who specializes in it. Well, hike up those big girl and big boy undies because we can do it. And Michelle is here to guide the way. All right. So today on the Speech Uncensored podcast, we are so fortunate to have Michelle Wheeler to discuss all things augmentative and alternative communication. So hi, Michelle. Welcome. Hi, Leanne. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us after just getting over being a little under the weather. So you're such a trooper. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. um, So go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah. So um, I've been working primarily in the area of um, AAC for about the past 13 years. Um, I've done that through the University of Missouri healthcare system and was super fortunate the first 12 of those years um, to work directly with an OT um, who and I learned so much from her. So, um, you know, kind of leading up to those 12 years, I worked um, at still with the university, but at a different hospital system and kind of worked birth to adult. Um, I had a great mentor, supervisor, who, when I first got right out of school, kind of threw a bunch of assistive tech stuff my way, switches and devices, and was like, okay, you need to go use this stuff. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. (laughs) What am I supposed to do with it? So he was wonderful. It sent me to conferences, and I got to learn from Linda Burkhardt and Caroline Musselwhite and Patty King Devon and was just like, holy cow, like just blown away by um, how they reached kids um, using augmentative communication and and kind of was hooked from there on, but still did kind of more, I guess you'd call it, quote unquote, regular therapy until going primarily just into AAC then about 13 years ago. All right. Nice. And so... Um, 
you mentioned earlier to me that you work across the lifespan. You still, even to this day, work with children and adults with AAC. That's correct. I, I would say my focus is more adults um, at this point, but I still, um, through the university, will do some outreach. So if a school is needing a school or their team um, is needing somebody to come in and kind of do an assessment of a kiddo and kind of work with their team, um, then I'll, I'll do that. And so that's the way that I'm still working with kids. And I love working with teams. Um, that's so fun. It's so fun. And when you say teams, um, what kind of occupations <laughs> comprise that team? Who are you working with? Yeah. So in, in the schools, you know, that's primarily a sped ed teacher, um, the paraprofessional, uh, the speech therapist. A lot of times there's an OT involved. Um, sometimes the regular ed teacher, um, and then, you know, the special ed director. So it kind of varies between schools. Um, but those are some of the cast of characters, um, you know, that are typically involved in that process. And so what, what all do they bring to the table? So, you know, I mean, they are going to know a lot of times when I do come in for an evaluation, it's kind of like, okay, we need you to tell us what to do. So, you know, this is like a one shot because they're kind of paying for me to come in and tell them what to do. So um, we have to hope that this kid is having like the best day of their life so that I can get a good picture of how to help kind of direct moving forward. Um, they bring to the table the knowledge of the kid themselves. I mean, they know the kiddo. Um, some of the teams are kind of have some basic understanding of AAC. And so it's kind of like, well, what have you tried already? You know, what can we um, do in addition to that? Are we looking to try to get them a device through their insurance or is this going to be purchased through the school? Um, so those kind of questions are kind of what we ask. And then, you know, just it's, it's a learning process when they're in the room with the eval or for the eval, I mean, we kind of all learn together. So, you know, if we're trying something, especially if it's um, something like doing scanning on a device, alternative access, using eye gaze, things like that, we have to try like multiple ways, multiple things. And so just having their input on, well, they really hate this, or they really love this, um, or we've tried that and it didn't work. Um, so just all of those kinds of things. It's, it's invaluable, the amount of information that they provide, and it just makes the whole process so much better. Awesome. Okay. So can you kind of walk me through what a typical day for you looks like right now? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, right now for me, it's summer, so it's a little bit slower um, with schools not being in session as much. Um, so I do, my focus is mostly on, um, the adult population. I work in a neurologic, um, therapy center. So I'll see stroke patients, um, patients. I see a lot of patients, um, that have the ALS diagnosis. I would say that's probably my primary focus in the adult population. Um, and so I do a lot of, um, kind of troubleshooting over the phone, coming, having them come in for evals, having them come in for follow-ups, um, and just doing lots of training and setup and making sure, you know, we're not with that population, we're not really teaching the language part of it like you are with mm -hmm. kids because mm -hmm. they, you know, obviously have that system intact. 
But there is so much to set up as far as their global communication. So making sure that, um, you know, they're able to access their phone via their communication device software. Can they still access Facebook or Twitter or what sort of um, social media do they need to still stay you know, kind of globally attached to people because mm-hmm. communication isn't just face to face, you know, with your family members. It's so much about staying connected. Um, and when those folks can't get out anymore, then that's the way that they still communicate and stay connected. So just trying to troubleshoot all of those kind of pieces and making sure that all of those pieces are working. Um, it's gotten, I mean, as like just kind of regular technology has improved, how those things kind of interact has improved immensely. And it's so cool. I mean, somebody who can only use their eyes can now text, still text message, they can post on Facebook, um, they can bring their Kindle up and they can read on their Kindle device, all within the same machine. Um, And then, you know, also kind of turn to the side then and you know, use their device to communicate with their spouse or, you know, somebody who's in the room with them. So um, it's really, it's really cool and um, just really super rewarding for me to kind of help those people through that. Awesome. Very nice. Um, Could you talk a little bit about the type of devices that you work with? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know for me, like Dynavox stands out Uh as one. Right. And Toby, or actually they're combined now. Right, right. They're the same company. They kind of merged. Um, that's mm-hmm. a bit, It's been a few years. But yeah, that definitely is still, <laughs> it's still a name that's out there that everybody kind of knows. Um, so, you know, definitely still work with, um, with the Toby Dynavox. They have um, the I-12 and the I-15 and then the EM-12, I believe is what it's called. That's kind of a more tablet based device that you can add eye gaze to. So the other two are more of a full dedicated system where the eye gaze is all encompassed in it. Um, And then the other one is kind of the eye gaze can be added to it. So for any of those um, patients with ALS who start out kind of bulbar, um, where they lose their speech right away, that's a really nice option to have kind of a more carryable device. Um, that you can add things to later. Um, Cause so, you know, I mean, they're walking and, and still doing everything, not in a wheelchair, not wanting to carry around a heavy device. So that's been really nice to have that option. Um, Forbes AAC is another company. They're a little bit newer to the table, um, but they have um, the wind slate, which is again, kind of a surface um, that they add um, an eye gaze camera to. Um, and then uh, Prickyromic has a device, it's called the Accent 1400, that has really nice eye gaze and kind of an integrated head pointing option. Um, so those are probably the three companies that are um, mostly, um, well, they have reps within my state. And so those are probably the companies I use the most. I've also worked with Talk to Me Technologies out of Iowa. They have a couple devices like the Zuvo um, that can offer that, um, tablet and eye gaze option. Um, and all of them have some nice integrated software, both Toby Dynavox and Forbes actually both use grid software, which is great at kind of doing that global communication piece. Um, it's just so easy to set up. Um, as long as you have an Android phone, you can, um, 
uh, Bluetooth that to the device. And then all your text messages and calls kind of go through that software. Um, so that, that software has been, has been really nice. And then the Accent also has Essence, um, which is a great piece of software that kind of gives you the ability to um, type out your messages, quickly save messages, but then integrate all of those things too. So um, they've all, all of the companies have done a great job of making the software so much more user-friendly and just making it to where it's, it's easy for all the, everybody to understand kind of what do we, it's very intuitive. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, earlier, when you were describing the grid system, is that just the layout as like tiles on the screen for people to choose? Grid. Is that what you mean? No, that? grid is actually the name of the software. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so within grid, there are lots of different page sets. So there are picture based page sets um, that would have, you know, maybe six to 12 to 15 to 60, you know, to 100, you know, actual different little boxes where you could have pictures. Um, and then they have text-to-speech options um, that are more kind of your adult-based page sets that give you that keyboard that you can spell out on and then give you access to quick messages. Um, so Grid is actually the software. And Grid has done a great job, too, of integrating um, voice and message banking um, just right within that software. So if an individual does get their device early enough, they can just record right into their communication software and their messages are right there with just kind of a click away, basically in their own voice. And so that is so awesome. And I highly recommend and try to get my patients to do that. Um, cause I think it, I've seen it, um, I've seen families have those messages um, after their loved one passes, and it's so amazing for them to have um, those messages. When one of the first evals I did, um, I was pregnant with my daughter, and this gentleman came in and he was ready. He had all he had a message that he wanted to record for each grandchild. And oh my Lord, I mean, I still to this day get teary eyed thinking about it, but I mean, I was just bawling and everybody in the room was, and, but it was so special because oh. after we, after he passed, we were able to pull those messages off of his communication device and save them to a disc, you know, and mm -hmm. it was a disc at that time. Um, and so, um, you know, they were able to have those kind of forever. And I just think of how amazing that is. And so I have even yeah. started message banking myself because, you know, I'm like, you kind of have to practice what you preach. And so, you know, I always yeah. I give the example. I teach the AAC class um, at the University of Missouri for the, the speech students. And so, you know, I always give the example of my daughter every year on her birthday wants to hear the story of the day she was born. And so I have, <laughs> I have messaged banked that story um, so that, you know, she will forever get to hear that story in my voice um, of the day she was born. So, um, you know, that is super. Yeah. Special. So I think if you give, cause I think the idea of voice and message banking is so overwhelming. It's like, if you say, mm -hmm. you know, cause I think people think, well, I have to record everything that I ever want to say. And, you know, yeah. you really don't like pick those things that are 
super special or super important. Like I would want to have, I love you in my voice so that I could say that. Um, I have recorded messages for my dogs because they will respond (laughs) to my voice much better than they would to a, you know, a synthesized voice. So, you know, I, Uh I give ideas like that and people are kind of like, Oh, okay. Like that makes sense. You know? So, um, you know, I kind of got way off topic there from AAC, but it's such, it's such an important part, I think, especially for the, well, I'll say for any population. I mean, it recently came up um, with somebody who was getting ready to uh, lose their larynx. And so they weren't going to be talking in their same voice. Um, And so they really kind of talked to me about what does message banking look like? And so I was like, yeah, exactly. We should be talking with that population too. So Oh, yeah. Ooh, Michelle, I feel like we should sit down and do like a whole episode on voice banking, like how, like what it is. Cause it like for me too, I don't really understand it that well. I haven't mm-hmm. done it with a patient. And so I would, I guess I would just assume like, yeah, I guess we just need to start going through really frequently used words and you just say these words, but no, it's like, you pick out messages that are unique and special. And then as you're using it, you might think of more and then we can add those at that time. But I guess I was thinking of recording like almost like just how some AAC devices are now when you like hit the buttons and you form the word or sentence or an utterance and then you hit the speak button and then it says it, you know, like recording that. Right. And I think that that's that would be exactly. extra. <laughs> and I think that that's what a lot of people think. And it is, it's like such a daunting task when you think of it from that perspective of like, I have to think of everything I'm ever going to say and record that. Um, so, I mean, and I just personally have kind of broken it down more for me in that way, but I think it just makes sense that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, yeah, I no, would, that's very- I would love, because there's also <laughs> voice banking, which is where you do actually create a voice that you could dump into a communication device. So, I mean, there, there, it is, it's almost its own topic. Yeah. Cool. 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 All right. Well, future <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> All right. Um, so now I want to ask, um, how can an SLP who doesn't work with AAC regularly or like at all um, get comfortable with AAC, like get in Mm -hmm. the know, um, stop being squeamish about it like me? (laughs) Well, you know, um, I mean, I think the invention of the iPad has helped greatly with kind of getting everybody just more comfortable with technology because before... Uh, and I mean, just making it more user friendly. I think before AAC was this like humongous box that you needed almost a computer engineering degree to figure out how to program. And it was, it was just like this foreign concept. And I think, I mean, I try to look at it as, especially for a kid standpoint, a kid that needs AAC is no different than a kid that would come in for just like a language disorder. So how would you treat a kiddo with a language disorder? And how would you treat a kiddo with a communication device to me or the same thing? Because we're teaching them language. And so, you know, there are reaching out to your, your company reps, like if you are interested in learning about LAMP, which is one, which is an app, um, a communication app, um, there are classes you can go to, but you could also reach out to the Print Key Romic representative. 
Um, a lot of SLPs, if you reach out to the rep, you can get at least trials of it or um, with your license, you can get copies of it. I know through Toby Dynavox, you can get their Snap Plus Core software just by putting in your license. Um, you get like an mm -hmm. SLP license of that. And so just having time to get your hands on it and play with it, I think kind of takes some of the scariness out of it um, and mm -hmm. lets you look at it from a standpoint of, oh yeah, we really are just kind of looking at this um, as how can we build language and how can we help kids learn language just from pictures. Mm. Um, the one time I briefly uh, set up a, a child with an AAC device, um, the uh, company rep was instrumental. Yes. I mean, not only did they guide me through the paperwork to get insurance to cover it, and they did a, the lion's share of that, honestly. Um, when it came to implementing it, getting the child familiar with it, getting yes. me familiar with it, they were there for me. They answered all my questions. They gave me ideas um, of how to make it fun and interesting yeah. for them so that they would become engaged Absolutely. with it. So yeah, that rep is more than just oh. a salesperson. Like they know yes. these machines right. intimately and you know they like their job because of the access it gives Absolutely. people to yeah. increase their and i mean the other thing is even just going to their websites um pranky romics satillo uh toby dynavox they all have amazing implementation sections of their website that um i know on satillo's um they have like um they give you you can even print off a calendar that gives you words of the month and then they give you activities that you can do with each of those words because so many of the systems now are kind of teaching that core language that's like a buzzword in aac where you're literally kind of learning how we put words together to make sentences and so um you know just kind of i think so many times with aac and kids we get stuck in kind of requesting world like you know, I, I want bubbles, I want crackers, I want, you know, and so I think all of the companies have done a great job of, well, here's another word you can teach them. And like, how many different things can we do with that word? And so they really like they give you a book that you could find that has that word in it that you can practice it. And then they give you, well, do this activity. And so yeah, I mean, I think that all of the companies have done a great job of kind of trying to help it become not this like mystical thing of like, what do we do with this? Um, yeah. One of the activities, and I got this project from, um, oh, is it Carol Zangari? I think I'm saying her name right. I may have to, I may have to double check on that, but she has done a program called Tell Me. Um, she, uh, Practical AAC is another website that gives you tons and tons of great ideas. Um, but she has a tell me program that is based on kind of books like Brown Bear, Brown Bear and, um, you know, just kind of books that we all have access to. And then she kind of works with, well, this is the vocabulary to learn with this book. And then with that vocabulary, here's a motor activity you can do with the kid. And here's a craft activity and here's a cooking activity. And so there's a whole kind of curriculum based on how to teach AAC, but then also we're, we're feeding in some literacy and all of that kind of stuff. And it's so fun um, such a fun way to kind of work on AAC because it's not where you're 
um, pulling it, this kid aside into the speech room. I mean, it's activities that you can do with the whole classroom. And so um, I gave my students a project of come up, find a book and find some activities. And they all were like, this was so much fun. We love, you know, so um, <laughs> it was a great, and they had great ideas. And, you know, I think they came away with kind of this idea of, oh yeah, like this is just kind of like language therapy. Um, and so, you know, how can we teach these kids, but we're doing it on a device. So. Nice. And then what about for the adult world? Because yes, there is tons of materials out yes. there for pediatrics, but what about when we're working with our adults and communication devices? Yeah. So, I mean, for the adult world, it is, I, especially when we're talking about um, adults with aphasia. I mean, I think there is kind of a disconnect as far as, you know, how do we get them to use the device? Um, there are still some resources out there. I think Satillo has done a nice job. They, they kind of have an aphasia page set um, that you can use. And then they also have kind of a testing tool you can use and then some um, um, ideas. Um, so much of it I found is just if you can get enough um, time with them to really get the device customized to them and really get their stuff in there. Um, because so many times when the adult loses that ability to spell, we have to so guess on every single thing they might want to say. But if you can kind of give nice categories, you know, of topics, you know, kind of those, yeah, topics and then get things in there. Um, I found that um, having maps included in that can be really nice because um, some of them are just more visual like that and can kind of look at their map and be like, oh, yeah, I was talking about this part of the state or this part of the town or whatever. And so then it, it kind of at least gives everybody around you like, oh, right. So if we're talking about that, then where can we go from there? And so um, I think with adults with aphasia, it's more kind of I I have found it to be most successful when it's almost kind of a get you on the topic and then we're using kind of more yes, no communication sometimes um, or some using some of those social things in there that they can't participate in as well. Um, I've seen it most successful. But but there's definitely it's it's definitely a void with that population. It's just very hard because they even even them as well as kids, they just don't want to look different and they don't want to have mm -hmm. this kind of weird way of having to do stuff. And so um, I see them struggling through trying to text message. And, you know, a lot of the devices have come up with a way to use the pictures now to text message, which has been a nice bridge because then if you can have a whole phrase on a button and you can text that, you're kind of giving them that more global communication. And so giving that bridge has been a nice, a nice addition and I think has been a nice way to implement too. 
Hey, did you know that you can earn CEUs on a cruise? The 2020 Conference at Sea with SpeechTherapyPD.com is from July 10th to July 17th, 2020. You can earn 12 hours of continuing education while enjoying the scenic views of the Alaskan coast. If you register for the cruise before September 30th, 2019, you will receive a special free six-month SLP Now subscription and a one-year premium, they call it professional subscription, to SpeechTherapyPD.com when you pay for the cruise CEU portion. So it's all included. It's amazing. You're getting 12 CEUs at sea. You're going on a cruise. You're getting access to an entire year of amazing pod courses and video courses and six months of the SLP Now subscription. So it's like tons of amazing stuff, you guys. Um, The Royal Caribbean's Radiance of the Seas sails around trip from Vancouver, BC on July 10th, 2020 for the seven-day trip that stops in six awe-inspiring Canadian and Alaskan locations before returning to port on July 17th. So join me, Michelle and Marisha, my other podcast hosts, as we balance excellent CEU opportunities with some sweet vacay time on a very large boat. Be sure to visit speechtherapypd.com slash cruise to learn more and sign up. I'll see you there. And now I want to ask you about some apps. Yeah. Okay. So people already have smart devices. They have a smartphone. They have a tablet. Um, They don't need to purchase a new device that's sole function is kind of for AAC. They can just download an app. All right. So what are some that you've worked with? That would be yeah. appropriate. For so um, one of my favorites right now, I, I've come across on the Android side, it's free. And I'm just amazed that it is. It's called Speech Assistant. It would be for an adult user. Um, you just you can type in a message. Um, it does have pre-programmed or pre-saved messages. Um, but you can save over those. You can save your own. And so you... With the free version, you are limited to how many you can save, but it's still a good amount. And for people that just kind of want to see what a system is, it's awesome. Um, I mean, for for it being free um, on the Apple side, yeah. it's um, I think ten bucks. So even people are willing to kind of pay that ten dollar fee just to kind of see what it is. Um, some people kind of complain about the voice. You can you know, download a voice through Acapello app and, and get you a better voice. But um, as far as text to speech goes, I think it's a great app out there um, that does a lot for very little financial investment. Um, Very little, very little to none. Um, So a lot of times I'll, you know, um, individuals with ALS, if they just kind of want to see what one is, that's an easy one for them to just kind of take and, and go and have on your phone and, you know, kind of learn how to use from that. Um, another one, um, if we're talking adult, uh, I think predictable is a really nice text to speech app. It's in the 150 range. Um, it, it is one that you can, if you have made your own voice through voice banking, you can download your voice right into it. And so, um, that one is, is nice for that. Grid is also um, available to download. It's a subscription-based app. So, but you can down, I think that you can still download it and see a couple of things for free or you get a kind of a trial version. 
um, that you that you don't have to pay for. Um, Touch Chat is is a great app. Um, I use that more on the pediatric side. Um, there, it has kind of two parts. There's a Touch Chat, and then there's a Touch Chat with Word Power. The Touch Chat with Word Power is around three hundred dollars, so it's a pretty expensive app. But it is has so many different page sets and many options in it. It's it's great. Um, and the Lamp app, I kind of talked about that. That's another one. Um, that one is again around the three hundred range um, for communication. Um, Toby Dynavox has their Snap Plus Core. Um, that's again, I, it's subscription based. I believe, um, when you're talking on the app side. Um, but I may have to look into that. So many times when I'm, most of my evals, when I do them, I am going through the funding process and using insurance. So sometimes knowing like the cost of the app on the, just go out and buy it side. Um, I, I'm a little bit iffy on that. Um, Toby Dynava, or yeah, Snap Plus. Um, there's also Snap snap scene um that's from toby dynabox so that's one that you can take digital you could take a picture on your ipad and make it's a visual scene so you can make a little hot spots on the scene itself um i think that's a great way it this there's a snap scene light that that's another one you can get started with um just for free and kind of see especially with kiddos how they respond to it um if you have like a a play set or something that you want to take a picture of and put little hot spots and kind of interact with them and see if they'll touch it and interact with you or during the book or something. I think that's a great way to get started with AAC and kind of see how we can, um, if they respond to it, are they learning from that and, and see if you need to kind of add more options. So those are some of my favorites and probably okay. some of the ones I use the most. Terrific. That was helpful. Thank you. And we will gather all these names together and put them all in the show notes so that people can go to one place and find it all and kind of do, do their right. own digging and research yeah. in as well. And that'll be helpful. Um, okay. So then my other question was, what about um, apps that aren't really recognized as being AAC, but maybe they're like mm -hmm. a text to speak, like that's their only function. So for our adults that can essentially still type or, you know, have enough fine motor mm -hmm. for that um, and spell is intact. Then do you have any recommendations for um, that? So, you know, there's, there's one and especially, you know, I think if we're talking about folks um, who might have aphasia, but still able to spell on a pretty basic level. Um, one of there's an app out there mm -hmm. called CoWriter, and it runs, I think, around twenty twenty to twenty five dollars. I think it has a phonetic based um, word prediction. So if a speller um, can kind of sound it out, the word prediction is all based on how you sound the word out, and so it, it really works pretty phenomenally. I mean, you can be a pretty bad speller, but as long as you kind of get the sounds in there, it can guess and it also learns you. So um, that's probably one of my faves as far as if you really need that phonetic assistance. You can also get that through an extension like on Google Chrome. Um, so that would be um, sub subscription-based through Google Chrome, but it is a standalone app that you could get just on an iPad. Um, and it's, it's 
you know, pretty cheap. It has a voice that comes with it. It also can read your text back to you. Um, so it, I think it's a pretty cool app as far as that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. All right. Um, so my next question is, um, is there a myth or two about uh, using AAC with adults that you'd like to address hmm. for people or just misconceptions maybe when people think of the two? Um, I think overall and across the board, um, most people think that um, with adults or kids, when you are using AAC, then like talking or using gestures or sign language or any other form of communication is not allowed. And, um, you know, I, I know definitely with kids, parents are very concerned and sometimes people don't even want to refer or even look at a device because it's like, well, if I get this, then my kid will never talk. Um, and that's so not the case mm -hmm. for kids. If they can talk, I mean, everyone, if you can talk, you're going to talk because it's your easiest, it's your easiest <laughs> form way to communicate. Right. So, um, you know, there have been lots of studies that have been done to show that, you know, for kids, it doesn't limit talking. It actually um, in, increases their um, imitation and their talking and all of that good stuff. Um, on the adult side, I still kind of see that um, same kind of idea. It's like, um, you know, my husband or even the, the person themselves you know, they're like, well, if I start using this, then I'm never going to get better. I'm never going to get any speech. Um, and so just trying to make them feel like, you know, this is just another tool. I mean, that's all it is. You know, you use your head to nod yes and no. And that's a tool that you use. You might gesture towards the, you know, the door to say, hey, I'm ready to go. And, you know, nobody's keep going to tie your hands down. So this is just another tool in the box. Um, so I try to have people kind of look at it as that. This is just another thing um, that you can use to help increase communication in any way that we can. So, yeah, um, I had a patient who we were trying to use um, like a text to talk type mm -hmm. of system to supplement um, whenever mm -hmm. there was a breakdown in that communication. And I tried giving that education about how this is just a tool in your toolbox. This is just when it breaks down, when you hit that obstacle, when you can't right. get that word out verbally, it will help you get your message across and then right. you can continue with your conversation. And I guess I just didn't do a good enough job at it because this mm -hmm. patient was just very resistant to it. And I, I essentially always had to be the one to cue, be like, well, would you like to write it down or would right. you like to type it on your phone? And then they'd be like, well, okay. And they do it and it was fine and it worked. And then we got the yeah. point across and we could move on. But it was like, why is, and it, and it wasn't all the time. And it was just a couple of right. times and it helped, right. like it worked. And you would think with that type of success when it was needed, the patient would be more inclined to use it. And so I guess what I'm looking for is like, maybe a different way. Should I have packaged it in a different way? I, you know, I, I just don't I, know. I don't think so is the, is the short answer to that. I just think some people do have a block to it. And it, it's that whole like stigma sort of thing. Like I look different if I use that thing or if I do it in that way. And so, you know, I, I mean, in therapy, it's like we work through the same thing. It's like, well, I 
have no idea of what we're talking about here. But if you could, like you just said, if you could just type in a word and get me on topic, then I think we can move on. Um, amazingly enough, I have found that patients um, seem to respond better to writing on a piece of paper, you know, or um, the ALS Association will give people a boogie board. And a boogie board is pretty much just kind of like a dry erase board, but electronic. So you have like a little black pen and you write on this small, uh-huh. I don't know, I'm going to say it's probably like a seven inch sort of screen. And then you have a button that you hit that clears it. And so for whatever reason, kind of starting with that, people seem to be okay with that. And I don't know if it's less obtrusive. I, I really, I don't know. Um, especially in the day and age of everybody has a phone, you know, everybody can type into a note section and kind of hold your phone up and say, well, this is what I mean. Um, and so yeah, I, I, I don't get it, but I do find that a lot of times people kind of finally get there or their family members kind of force them there. Cause it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> So if you don't give me something, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so much more frustration. And so I think when, when you find that you're, you know, you find an easy way to cut down on frustration, you finally get there. I, I, you know. Yeah. Which I I thought was what that was doing. I know. I don't know. I I don't understand it either. (laughs) Now, I yeah. like that boogie board that you mentioned. I mean, essentially, that's Very just nice. like a low-tech version of, I mean, and basically our whole talk has right. just been focused on the high-tech AAC because with low-tech, it's yeah. static boards or just a right. piece of paper with yes, no on yes. it. You know, it's anything, yes. anything that gets Correct. a message across, I helps mean, communicate. Uh, a lot of people do like to have the boogie board, um, you know, as long as they can write on it because it's something like for women, they can shove in their purse and pull out real quickly, you know, for paper, um, you don't have to, you know, keep tooling through the sheets. You kind of have it right there. It's easy. And it, I mean, it's cheap. You can get kind of an off-brand boogie board for like 15 bucks. If you get the name brand, it's more like 30. I They are pretty much marketed more to kids because you can get like multicolors you can draw in and all this stuff. But um, oh, no, that almost makes me sad because like, that's a problem. Like adults right. don't want anything to do that remotely smells Correct. like it's but child focused or centered. Right. Which but is they don't understandable. <laughs> I mean, there are some that, that look very much okay. like just, uh, um, they have a flap that kind of covers up the screen and then you pull the flap back and it has a black pen. So there are some that are very much like kiddish with neon colors and all this, but there are some that are just straight up, just a board. And so, yeah. Um, the other okay. thing that some people I found um, really throughout the process, kind of maybe more in the car or if they're in the bathroom, just having a low tech alphabet board um, that you can do kind of partner assisted scanning. So is it is the letter you need in the first row? you know, and you have A through F in the first row and then G through whatever in the second row. So, and you have yes, no on that board. And so, you know, is what you're wanting to say, is it in the first row? Is it in the second row? Okay. It's in the second row. Is it G? Is it H? Is it, I? you know, and so, um, you know, a lot of times caregivers and their, uh, 
partners have a really good relationship to where if they get the first letter, they know what it they know what the word is. And so that can be a really quick uh-huh. way to communicate where you're not having, especially if a person is at the point of needing eye gaze. And, you know, we're not going to be able to carry the eye gaze system everywhere. And maybe, you know, so maybe that's a quick way that you can still do some of that communication. Awesome. Excellent. Okay. So on to our next area. I was wondering if you had um, like a story of success okay. that you could share. Um story of success, I would say over, I know I'm just like, well, all of them, <laughs> I would say so many success stories, especially with the ALS population. I mean, just seeing, um, I'll never forget one that was from like early on in my career. Um, the husband and wife came in for an evaluation and the tension was so thick in the room that you could cut it with a knife. I mean, There was no communication between them. They were both extremely frustrated um, and we were able to find a system and he actually used switches and did scanning. He used his knees and he was a really great scanner. Um, But after we got his device and we got him set up and he was using it for a little bit, like we, we brought him back in and like there was just, you could, I mean, you could always see the love between the spouse, you know, the husband and wife, but it was, they were just so much more in tune again with each other because he was in control of and had a way to communicate. Mm -hmm. And that is so important when you're losing control of everything. Um, And so Yes. You have to have it. You like need you it somewhere. Have it somewhere. Like you have so to have it. That was really just, yes. I mean, any, I, I could have, I have a hundred stories like that, you know, of just that kind of, of thing where, where the family just, the, the, the user has control again and can, can feel like they have some way to communicate. Um, for ki- on the kid side, um, You know, I have some stories where kids got to go trick-or-treating for the first time and use their AAC device and, you know, walked up to the door and got Halloween candy because they were able to find that and and do that. And I mean, how like that's something that we so take for granted, you know, that you can just go up and say, you know, your kid can go up and say trick-or-treat. And so that's, you know, and what a great social way to use that, you know, so hmm. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. what we want to see. You know, that's awesome. All right. Well, tell me about um, a failure and then maybe something that you've been able mm-hmm. to learn from that experience. Oh so many failures. I mean, I think <laughs> I think if you're if you don't have a failure, then you're not learning in some way, shape or form. So, accurate. Um, accurate. You know, sometimes it's, um, I would say probably my biggest, if you can call them failures, I guess my biggest learning opportunities have been in like trying to figure out when somebody needs alternative access, um, just trying to figure out the best way and where the switch needs to go and how many switches we can use. And, you know, I think kind of early on, I thought that I had to like figure that out on eval day one. And I think the thing I've learned and really I had to figure out the system on eval day one. So the thing I've learned the most from, um, I guess my failures is that you, 
can't, you don't have to give yourself a day. It's a process. And so even if somebody can reach out and touch the device, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try two or three different options just to make sure that the one you, um, the one you end up with was, you know, kind of the one that's going to give you the best success. Um, and so just to give yourself some grace in that, like you, you need to have time to learn and the student or the user needs to have time to learn. And so, you know, learning together is okay. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Thank you. And when you were um, giving that description Mm -hmm. and you were talking about switches, so that's an alternative method of making selections on the AAC device rather than touching the screen because maybe their fine motor or gross motor has become compromised. You can either use one switch where um, the device itself will kind of scan through your choices. Um, So it'll, if you do it, like if you think of it, let's say we have nine pictures on the screen and you're doing it row column, it would scan the first row and it might even say row one, and then it might say row two. And if you wanted what was on row two, you would hit your switch and then it would go to your first option and then your second option and your third. And then whichever one you wanted, when it got to that, it would you would click your switch. Um, and so you can do that having an auditory output that would tell you what each thing was. If you, if there's some visual limitations, that's sometimes nice to kind of announce each thing. Um, it can also just be a color highlight or a beep, you know, to let you know that the scan is moving. Um, and then there's also using two switches. So then with one switch, you are actually moving the scan. And with your second switch, you're selecting it. So that is definitely easier as long as you have two ways to access. Um, So some people, you really can only find one access point and some people just would rather have the machine do the moving form. So it is, it is kind of a preference, but um, I try to get find two access points if at all possible. And what would those two access points look like? So um, you might have one access point be um, the hand, let's say. And so um, one switch is kind of mounted on a lap tray on their wheelchair. And so as they're moved, they hit that switch, they're moving the scan to a new option. And then maybe they have their other switch at their head. And so when they get to the thing that they want, then they hit the switch at their head to actually make the selection. So they might tilt their head or tilt their chin or push down on their chin or Uh some kind of form like that. Okay. Absolutely. And there are a ton of different switches out there. I mean, there are button switches, there are proximity switches where you just have to kind of break the beam, you know, get close to it to set it off. I mean, it's, uh, there's, that's almost a whole nother session too. Talking about switches. Okay, good. So I'm <laughs> signing you up for two more in the future. <laughs> so yeah, lots of lots of different awesome. switches and, and different ways to to do scanning. All right, cool. Okay, well, I think we're getting okay. pretty close to our time here. So I wanted to leave a little bit of cushion there for any parting thoughts and any other okay. rabbit trails we go down once right. we start getting into those parting thoughts and like words of inspiration or encouragement that okay. you want to share with the listeners. Um, I mean, basically, I would say, you know, words of inspiration, it's is I think AAC is the most fun. I mean, you have this language rich system in front of you. If you're if you're talking about working with kids and introducing kids to it, you have all of this amazing language 
just kind of available and open for everybody to have access to and just all the different fun ways that you can expose kids to that um, is I, I hope that it can become an undaunting thing um, that you can kind of go into it with just like this joy of language. I mean, if you liked, you know, um, your linguistics class and how words go together and all of that stuff, I mean, I kind of see this as the same thing. And so um, just really getting kids involved in that and getting them involved in literacy and all of those pieces um, I think if you look at it from that standpoint, it becomes not as this crazy thing that we have to segment so much. Um, so just go into it with an open mind and don't be scared. You're not going to break it. You won't break it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> there are they so they're built they're built tougher than my cell phones well and... you know i mean everything everything's <laughs> repairable right <laughs> all right oh i think i know what you mean like you're not going to break it like just by going in and yes. editing tooling Correct. around just, changing right, features right right right. Exactly. right yeah okay so yeah get in there exactly. explore check it out okay yeah, I totally interpreted that for dropping it. Please don't drop it. <laughs> don't drop it. Don't, don't, don't submerge it. Don't drop it. Those are those are good tips too. <laughs> <laughs> you will succeed if you don't drop That's the right. tool right. or put That's it right. in water. <laughs> All right, Michelle, this was awesome. Thank yeah, you so much yeah. for coming on and guiding me through um, AAC across the lifespan. That was oh, excellent. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. If you want to keep earning CEUs for listening to your favorite podcast, then use my coupon code SUP, that's S-U-P, at speechtherapypd.com for $10 off a year's subscription. You can earn countless hours of podcast and video CEUs for only $79 a year through speechtherapypd.com. You know December is coming and you've got to get your CEUs in before the end of the year. So sign up now for the lowest price point for audio and video CEUs available on the market. If you're feeling fancy, you can get $10 off the premium subscription, which drops it down to $179 for the year. And that's access to every single thing, all the content that's on speechtherapypd.com. And there's some quality stuff on there, you guys. So go check it out and don't miss this deal. Remember, coupon code SUP for a year's worth of CEUs for 79 bucks. Next week, Dr. Susan Fager will be on the podcast to talk about access technology for adults in AAC. It's a fantastic episode with amazing resources um, that will be located in the show notes on speechuncensored.com. Please review the podcast on iTunes. I read each and every one, and they make my heart swell with joy. The most recent review states, um, I'm so thankful for this podcast. As a CF interested mainly in neurogenic disorders, this podcast has fostered my learning in several areas. I love how real Leanne is. She makes me feel okay with the constant learning that goes on in this field. Thank you. Um, that's, that's my pleasure, 100%. And I am so glad that that's what's coming across because it's really important for me to be open and transparent and honest on this podcast. 
I think I've made it abundantly clear that I am far from perfect or 100% knowledgeable in all these areas. I don't think anybody can be. And that's why I reach out to all these experts in all these different areas um, to lend us their expertise so we can learn from them and just, you know, go straight to the source. Um, And so that's what this podcast is all about. So thank you so much for that review. It means a lot. Thanks for letting me know what's working for you and what you like about it. Um, Next up, I want to give a quick shout out to the SUP listeners in the following four countries whose names begin with the letter I. Thank you to my valued listeners in Chennai, India, Reykjavik, Iceland, Florence, Italy, and Dublin, Ireland. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Now I want everyone to get out there and nourish your brain so that your practice can flourish. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.